Well, everyone, what's crack? Welcome to episode six of the podcast. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Aidan Bourne. Aidan is a mosaic artist based in Bourne County, Offaly, and we talk about his career to date from starting out on the PLC course in Abilene's through GMIT and up to where his practice is at at the minute. We talk about the process of mosaic making and kind of what goes into that. And we also talk a little bit about uh, what it's like to be practicing artists in the Midlands as well as a few other bits and kind of, I suppose, offering our opinions on contemporary art practice as well, sort of. Myself um, and Aidan have been friends for years. We're in the same class in Abilene for the PLC course and both went on to study in GMIT then after that as well. So we know each other years and pretty much from the start, there's a bit of messing and laughing because it just seemed a bit strange to be trying to be all professional and be, oh, welcome to the podcast, introduce yourself, you know, especially when a couple of weeks before this, nine of us had gotten together for a chat on Zoom that lasted about five hours. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the podcast and I'll be back at the end. So, uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast, man. And uh, thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Uh, just to start things off, if you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you got started in art. Okay. Uh, thanks for asking me um, to come on and do it. So... i'm so used to uh to recording the videos that i'm always going hello my name is edinburgh so i just had a moment there so (laughs) (laughs) so can we just start again (laughs) no this is it this is (laughs) okay so i'm aiden Byrne. i am an artist uh based in burr county offley and I specialize in mosaic making and I do lots of, um, you could call it community art. So I do a lot of art facilitation and, and teaching um, and I run a business called Make Mosaic. And how did I get into art? Um, I got into art when I was about 18 or 19. I think I was 19. And when I was a kid, I didn't draw much at all. And in secondary school, I liked I liked technical drawing and woodwork. But I didn't think of myself as artistic at all. And um, I went off to college to study civil engineering and I learned how to party. <laughs> and didn't do much studying and... Um, but sure, that was I was I was seventeen going off to college, so I was way too young. Anyway, I was I was uh, I didn't have the maturity to to even be concentrating in college, you know. So, um, so that led me to go to Abbey Leaks because I didn't know where I was going after uh, after a year or two out of school. I I wasn't really interested in engineering, and I. I decided, well, I, I didn't know what to do. So it, it was suggested to me maybe just repeat my leaving cert and try to figure out things as I go. And I went to Abbey Leaks. Um, I don't know what it's called now. It was a further education center at the time, but it was a, it's probably an ETB center now. But So ad, adult education. And when I was enrolling, Jackie Carter uh, was interviewing me and she she encouraged me to take up art as a leave insert subject. 
and that was uh that was kind of the end of it i start i started i was supposed to be repeating my leaving cert and i spent most of that year hanging around the art room and and i did okay in the leaving cert that time so that was great i i actually concentrated a bit and actually followed through and did the leaving cert well the second time but after a month or two of of starting to repeat the leaving cert i knew all I wanted to do was get into the art PLC course. And so I did that the following year. And uh, and I think that was just one year. And then I went to study art in Galway, in the Art College Clamora in Galway. And, and that's... Oh, no, sorry. I thought, I thought you were finished. I, 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 I kind of was, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no like, um, like Abeliques was... It was a great spot to kind of start off in as well before college, wasn't it? Like yeah. just to, like the tutor or yeah, like Jackie Dell and Jock really just took really good care of the class. Like kind of there was sort of a an almost kind of family feel to it. Like yeah, and the energy was uh, like the amount of interest, you know. And and sure, I was learning about the Renaissance in in the art history for the leave insert and that. That came over into the following year. Yeah, the whole thing, I, my mind was blown by the whole thing. You know, um, Jackie and Adele and Jock, you know, when, once you walked into the art room, there was there was always a good vibe, whether it was the year I was doing my leave insert and then there was a different class group the following year with some of the same people. It was, uh, yeah, I felt like I belonged anyway. Yeah, definitely, like, and like, like, like we were in the same year, like, and at the like, I loved Galway, but at the same time, it was kind of the first little bit of time after Ablix, it was kind of hard saying goodbye to it, like, cause, like, we had a good bunch in it, and like, there was a lot of friends there that we knew we probably weren't going to see too much of, if, do you know, if a hall anymore, like, that would have gone to other colleges, maybe. Yeah, and it was, it was savage crack, and because there was such a small group, everybody was, do you know, you knew everybody... It was very safe, you know, it was very safe and it was a lovely place to, sure the age we were, all, all I wanted to do was have the crack, <laughs> draw a few pictures, you know, so, and it's perfect. And I, I see it now in some of the work I do, I'd be working in, in similar places and uh, and it's great because certain, certain type of personalities, certain people, it's 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 not just as simple as, go through secondary school, get your leave insert, know what you want to do with your life and go to college, you know. So it's a great environment for young people to be able to go to places like that and figure things out, you know. Um, yeah, and that course was laid out uh, to be inspiring and, like, there was a huge exploration of all types of creativity there. Yeah, because when we were there, like... We would have had, like, say, the art room on one side, and across the hall, then you had the fashion design course yeah. as well. So it was a lot of disciplines going on in it. Like, yeah. So when you went to Galway, then man, you started studying sculpture, like, and like sculpture, I suppose, it's still the same. Like, it has this real fascination, like, with uh, kind of new media. Like, how do you think mosaics would have been? Do you think, like, how do you think the tutors would have looked at someone special? In, Specialised in mosaic, sorry, as part of the degree course. Do you think it would have been okay, or 
do you think they wouldn't wouldn't have been mad about? Because it's just like I remember in the paint department, okay, once or twice, uh, students maybe including say three D work and kind of getting told off a bit by the tutors and you know maybe been told if you want to do that go down to the sculpture department like do you think mosaic would have been accepted or would it have been told would you have been told to come up to the paint department like um if if you were going to be told to go anywhere you were likely to be told to go to the ceramics department because uh, that's true yeah there's a oh, i didn't even i wasn't even trying to be smart there um no no i just never thought of that though. um i i don't know and it's a good question because sculpture like what we talking that was uh 2007 2008 around that time like sculpture so video art and that kind of media was was been concentrated so that was kind of coming under the 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 banner of sculpture but you had the more traditional like we were still doing casting in plaster and um there was I I'd say mosaic might have been, but it was one. It's it's a borderline thing, you know. Uh, I I'd, I'd say there's people out there that would say mosaic is a craft rather than art, but I don't really care about that conversation. Once you're once you're making something, and you you're working creatively, calling it a craft or calling it fine art is is I leave that to other people, you know, but. So I I'm not sure how if it would have fitted in. I'm sure there were some of the tutors down there would would have appreciated it. Um, it's 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 really interesting and it is very. It's awkward because it's you you could say it's very sculptural, but most of the work I do now is two dimensional. There's loads of people that do three dimensional mosaic, but for some reason I like I don't like doing three dimensional. If I'm making something three-dimensional i'd prefer to make it out of clay or, or or timber you know whereas people will make something out of clay and then cover it in mosaic but i i prefer to have the mosaic on a 2d as a as a as a pictorial image rather than a sculptural object yeah it's probably probably the more kind of classical way of working with mosaics as well is it well, or I don't really know anything about mosaics. Yeah, there's, just... there's, there's, there's loads of layers to it, which I, I didn't, I didn't know when I st- when I first started. Um, and I'm still only, I'm still like, it's, it's been five years now. Of, that's my my full time job, you know, is working with mosaic, and I there's still there's still loads of stuff that I know I'm aware of. That I I I I wouldn't I wouldn't say I I'm an expert on lots of things. Do you know what I mean? So there's contemporary mosaic. Obviously, in the last hundred years, there's been a lot of advances in what am I trying to say? The 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 materials that are available nowadays, the range is huge in comparison to what it used to be. But um, you can still buy marble and work in the traditional ways of the, there was the Roman mosaics and there's Grecian and uh, Byzantic mosaic. There's, yeah, it's, it's, there's a very layered history there that I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm only learning about it as I, as I go. Um, 
contemporary mosaic or 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 modern mosaic um what was the question again <laughs> i think i think i oh yeah i asked you just how uh yeah was it how you would uh how you think think it would have been seen in the sculpture department like working with mosaics it and would I probably asked, be considered oh, traditional more more traditional yeah. like working in stone or working with plaster or clay yeah because like you know i just asked you then sorry would it have been a fairly uh 2D would have been more the more classical way of working with it, like but Yeah, there's there's loads of different techniques and, and there's different styles. So if you want to work classical, you can use um, marble and the the Roman mosaics are really interesting. So they, they devised a whole style and they had uh different I don't want to use the word rules, but they had a a structure you worked at, a, a design structure that they worked in uh, using different repeat patterns and they worked things out mathematically and follow uh, a, a kind of design structure which led to a very obvious style. You know, it, it, when you see Roman mosaic, if, you, if, you're, if you're aware of mosaic at all, you're able, you're able to spot it very quickly. Um and and it still it still applies lots of the 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 rules or um the structure of roman mosaic teaching still applies to contemporary mosaic but they would have been more rigid they would have been there was probably more of a purist approach back then whereas now people will use anything and make it work together and that's well that's kind of modern modern art as a whole people just combine lots of different materials and and make it work and and that's fine too yeah <laughs> and like no i just want to say to you then man like how did like how uh did you get started then in mosaics or why mosaics what drew you to the to the uh medium it was literally i was trying to get i was trying to start a business um i knew i knew i had a talent for working with people and I didn't see myself being, I never had the, the, the real discipline to be a full-time artist. It was never, it's not really in my personality to just go to a studio and produce art and exhibit it and try sell it, you know. So, so I, did, I did a business course um, back in 2015 and out of that uh, a girl that worked for the organization that I was doing the course with had a group of, of people that she needed to, she needed somebody to teach them a, a, to, some, some type of art form. And, and she asked me, did I, did I know anything about mosaic? You know, they, um, the group she was working with had suggested they'd love to do mosaic, you know? So I yeah. was just thinking, okay, I'm trying to start a business I I I I really want to just start get going here, start making some money. So I just said, "Oh yeah, I I, I know about mosaic. I can teach a mosaic course." <laughs> and, then, and then I went home and started reading up about it, and I started going finding tiles and learning about it before I had to teach the course. <laughs> it, it sounds like it could have potentially been one of those situations. Why did I say I knew about this? Yeah, well. I, I, I certainly don't regret it. I, I kind of knew, I had seen one or two little bits and I kind of knew 
I can kind of throw my hand to anything and I'm not, I don't really work like a cowboy. You know, I take pride in, in being professional, you know, normally, but I, I, I was desperate. I was like, okay, I, <laughs> I'm trying to start a business and I have no work and somebody just offered me an opportunity. So the last thing I'm going to do is say, eh, no, I don't know anything about mosaic. You may ask somebody else, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I learned, I learned the basics, uh, quickly but m- most most people if you've been to art college and you're creative you know you can you can self-teach yourself very quickly about about different things and 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 with teaching a lot of the time the, the teaching comes really naturally to me you know so if I if I understand what I'm trying to teach um a large part of the job is is understanding people which I can't I don't. I, I won't proclaim to to say I understand people, but it's it's kind of natural. You know what I mean. I'm a talker, and yeah. So, so yeah, we just went and did it, and it was incredibly successful. And all all the people that did the course were absolutely delighted, and I was totally immersed in it immediately because it, it's it's a it's a really interesting art form. For me, I'm still, I'm, I'm still like, I still excited about it to today. Five years later, I'm still, I was, I just got some new material there earlier in the week, and and earlier on today, I was, uh, I was sorting out all the colors and I was testing out new, new patterns and different stuff in my in my studio. So, yeah, so it was, it's, it's been nonstop. Uh, so that that's obvi- obviously it was meant to be, you know. Yeah, like you've been flying it like since um, really since you started. Like you've been motoring away there, flat out like the whole time. And like even like looking at your social media, people like anyone that's been on workshops with you and that they seem to absolutely love it. Like, yeah, and I I I can't take too much credit because it's the accessibility of mosaic as a subject is. That's where a lot of the power is. So I was lucky I chose um, to start working with something that loads of people, like I'm I'm totally addicted to it. You know, I'm always thinking in mosaic, but lo- lots of people that come to the workshops, they're, they're the same. And so the experience is always good for them. And a lot of it is, there's, there's a different part of the brain now, this isn't scientifically proven. This is just me making this up. But look, experience is, experience is everything, you know. And, and I, for, for a few years now, I've, I've been looking at people and they say, I can't draw, I can't look at a canvas and pick up a paintbrush and paint, but I can pick up lumps of colored ceramic and I can mess around with them and I can make images out of them or make patterns or, you know, so it's, and I see a lot of, I, I do it with, with kids a lot. And a lot of the kids that struggle to engage in other areas in school and struggle academically and, and behaviorally, some, some of the kids that would be, you know, jumping around the place and you'd be doing everything you can just to get them to sit down and concentrate. It, when, when I get them to sit down and I've 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 a, a structured class plan of how to 
or, or if they understand, if I explain it to them right, and they understand what they're supposed to be doing, you could, you, I've seen I've seen youngsters sit down for two hours without without saying a word and just get totally immersed in the mosaic because it's it's um it's very tactile. It's very it's like it's like your your brain is I I, I probably find the words to describe it as we go, but yeah, so. I can't. I can't. I, I. I don't know how. Or maybe. I, maybe I've. I've said what I need to say already. You know. Yeah. You know, man. I was. I was just going to ask you though, just to go back to the start. Um, or say how you got started in mosaic. Sorry. Like in college, like you were serious, like for research, and like you did. A, you used to do a ton of research, like. And would you have kind of started off the same way, like? With this, would you have been researching a lot before starting off, like other artists and working with the medium itself, or how did you? Was it just kind of hand, real hands on, just actually try it out yourself and see how it worked from there? It wasn't researching other artists anyway. My, um, it's it would be more researching technique that that seemed to be the focus and and. This is the first time I've actually thought about that because if you're researching a, a certain type of sculpture, you always end up looking for the names of the main artists. But it 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 wasn't like that with mosaic. I'd be researching the technique, um, and then researching design. So the the artist isn't quite as important. Or I don't know. I don't know how that sounds. Um, but to answer your question, I I would be researching and thinking about it all the time. But I didn't research deeply. I would research and then I'd go away and I'd make something, or I'd teach some classes and I'd line up the the different designs. And as we're going, people, I I I don't know what what way to describe it. If if I was to make every every design as an example, uh, I'd never do anything else because there's so much out there, you know. So I, I I'd line up a, a a a number of designs and I'd let people pick, and they they then do their own interpretation of it. So the whole thing moves along uh, like pr- there's practical requirements in that you're you're trying to get enough work in so that you can make a living and you're trying to keep it's always a a thing where I'm always trying to have some time to make myself sometimes running a business takes over but the more I go along the, the better I am at getting that that time where it's just it's it's not about answering emails or it's not about planning for the future or working on marketing, it's it's about setting up a place where I can go and make things, you know. So research is ongoing and constant. You're, you, I'm always looking for new designs or I find a new type of material or even a new shape. You know, there's, there's you could spend a year researching designs that are made out of just squares and then you find... <laughs> You find diamond shapes, triangular shape, petals, teardrop shapes, circles, and you could spend a year researching each of those. There's enough out there. <laughs> so, 
I learn a little bit about I, I, I go I go crazy on one area for a while and then I seem to move somewhere else and then I, I yeah. So does that answer the question? Yeah, I think so, man. Yeah, no, like um I was just thinking back because it's just like the amount of research you used to do in college, like and it was just something I was wondering, like, did you kick off the mosaics? To the same extent, like, because, like, was, it, was I that research? It, 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 was I doing all that research as a way of avoiding doing actual work, though? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Or was I doing that? Was I was I really good at uh, giving off the impression that I did a lot of research? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was it. But if you if you were really good at that, you were brilliant. Like, you you see the all of that, like. <laughs> um. And just there, like you were talking about, say, the, the different shapes, man, as well, of, say, material, like, in that, that to work with, like, and when we were on the phone the other night there, just when we were, like, arranging what day to have, uh, record the podcast, like, like you were talking about all the different materials that you can use in mosaics, like, it's, like, would you have, a, like, would you prefer working mostly with the t- with tiles, or would you tend to mix it up a fair bit, like, using, like, I think you mentioned, like, glass and a few different bits and pieces like that. Yeah, I because I do a lot of teaching and in the past year I've started to design kits and I I, I sell them out of our online store and that has shaped the materials I use because most of the time stuff that I'm making it's it's usually so that I understand something so I can teach it well or we're, we could be figuring out a design for a kit. So that leads me to, I made a decision a few years ago to simplify things and say, okay, we're going to use only a, a, a certain thickness. So you can get tiles that are eight millimeter thick, but they're really, really difficult to cut. So, and and along with that, in order to stock um, a certain type of tile, you, you you have to you have to have a decent color range. So if 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 you're a painter and you have, I, I don't want to be derogatory towards painting, but let me see if my analogy works. Um, you, you can let <laughs> me know. But if you're a painter and and you have even ten different tubes of paint, ten different colors, you you can. Even even your your once you have your primary colors, you can make other colors. But in mosaic, you you can't. You need so every every collection will have a five or six different color green, five or six different color yellow, uh, and so on. So every collection could have between thirty and sixty different colors. So if 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 you want to buy a collection of tiles and have it there for when you're working. Uh, you have to limit what you keep, if that makes sense, because that would mean you'd be, you'd be spending thousands and thousands to have all the different tiles. Yeah. Yeah. I, do, I, do, I might be getting too technical, but. No, no. Like I get where you're coming from. Like, like, you know, like with paints, you can mix up the colors and your grand. Like you said, like once you have a few of the colors, you can kind of work away nearly with that. But obviously, with the tiles, they're glazed in that specific color. So, yeah. So, so, so functionality shapes a lot of 
my decision making. So I will work with uh, the tiles that are good for use for teaching people. So I don't, I don't want to get really good at working with stained glass because I don't really want to be carrying around loads of glass in the back of my car and teaching people how to cut glass. I'd rather use a ceramic tile that doesn't have really sharp edges rather than, and, and then you have your, your different sets of tools. Um, so yeah, so I, 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 but I have a good few collections now. So a lot of, a lot of glazed ceramic tiles and, and then there's, there's a lot of glass that they, they recycle glass and they, they even, even glass out window glass, they will, I'm not sure technically what they do, but I think they melt it back down and they put pigment into it and they pour it into molds. And then you're, you're, le- you're left with, you know, you're left with glass um, squares or glass triangles or whatever. And a lot of them have rounded edges. So they're, they're really nice to work with. Yeah, yeah. Did you say there uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking um, that you were starting to sell, was it cotton kits as well? So like people could buy the kit and cut them themselves? Yes, but just, so that's working with the, the ceramic, um, clay ceramic mostly. So you cut them with a, a handheld uh, tile nipper. So it's like a, like a pliers with um, two wheels on the top. And the, the the two wheels squeeze together and and just snip the tiles. It's 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 really easy to do. So, yeah, we started we started making some kits where you buy the cutter with the kit, and then the kit has all the all the different color tiles and your backer board, your glue, your grout, and and then a template to follow. So, because before the kits and the kits were 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 born out of all the COVID restrictions. So we had to stop teaching classes and I'd been thinking about making kits for about three years, but I, I never found the time. And then when I had more time on my hands, it still took like a month or two of work to figure it all out and get it, you know, figure out where to buy boxes and where to buy all the materials and how to make it easy for people to understand the instructions so every time i release a new range of kits it takes about three months from the we start designing them and then we start sourcing the materials and and figuring it all out and it usually two or three months later they're ready to go um which is a really interesting process as well and and really exciting and that's what i was doing today i'm starting a, a whole new range yeah. So, yeah, no, that's deadly. <laughs> would you have, would you have a, a certain style, say, to work in in mosaics that you'd prefer yourself, or like, because you obviously love working in anyway. Like, but it's just like I love the look of the kits, man. Like, just the kind of pixel art look is class. I yeah. think it looks really cool. Yeah, they they are really cool. Um, if if I had more time, or uh, slowly as things go along. I, I viewed it as the last few years I was using all my time and creativity to learn how to run a business. And I, I feel like maybe in the last six months or a year, I've, I've passed, a, I've passed, a, I don't know how to say it, a, a, 
a level where my understanding of that is is enough that I don't have to concentrate on it as much anymore. So I'm it's starting to open up more time for me to actually do work, do work that doesn't it, it doesn't require me to be focused on doing work that needs to uh, help the business grow. I'm starting to find time to do work that's just for the sake of me making some some art. So, I, and the reason I'm saying that is, you asked, w- would I work in a style? the the pixel The pixel uh, kits are amazing, and I, and I love the pixel mosaics. But that that side of things, I I feel like is satisfied by making the kits. So when I when I am making something, I'm making a portrait at the moment as a gift for somebody and and I won't I won't go into too much detail but um I'd say I'd say the more time goes on and the more time I can I'm actively trying to make more and more time for me to develop my own skills and my own style whatever that may be but when when I start to do work for myself I'm 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 drawn towards like more detailed cutting um and I'm drawn to investigating the materials that we don't get as much chance to investigate in the classes um, because they're not as suitable. So I'd probably be able to answer that better in six months' time or I could actually show you. Uh, obviously, that's no good for a podcast, but yeah. So in, in my head, I can see a style that that I'm I'm moving towards, but... It, it it's it's hard to put it into words exactly yeah yeah and uh just there i forgot to mention man as well like you've done a couple of big commissions there just when you were actually saying about the portrait like uh you had a commission there for was it the boris community school you had a you did a fairly large scale mosaic there back a little while ago yes um but i wouldn't i don't know if i call them well i suppose you can call them commissions but they're they they're collaborative projects and and if you wanted to i was thinking about this how how do i define myself or the work i do it it can probably be defined as community art so i'll make large scale works but it's it's me and a a teacher or a project coordinator or whoever approaches me uh, from the school and we'll come up with a design and then I'll facilitate the students to make the piece. And then it becomes a permanent artwork in the school. Or we've done a few for Offley Libraries. So I'd work with a, a group from the community or a group from a local school. And then the, the artwork would be a permanent large-scale mosaic, which would be installed at the at the library or schools. Or there's there's another one. Um, I can't think of it now. I'd probably think of it, but yeah, there's so there's been a good few of those projects, and and they're really interesting because uh, when you have like sometimes you could have thirty, forty. There was one one project we had. I think over eighty different students working on the same mosaic piece. This was obviously before before COVID. Um. So that becomes a really interesting, really powerful thing because I, I, I will have a design, and sometimes the design is 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 
arrived at by working with the students. Um, other times it's predetermined, predetermined, but we, I try to always leave it open so that in small areas of the mosaic, um, I don't define exactly what needs to happen and I let the students decide what direction it's going to go. So, yeah, I, I love doing those projects commissions whatever whatever you want to call them they're and they're 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 a win-win for everybody you know because the people who participate they absolutely love it as well it's uh yeah and and going back to the start you know you were saying about the feedback of people who come to workshops i think some of the power of mosaic is that you're cutting the tiles you're working on a design and you're doing a couple of things at the same time it's it's kind of exciting just to be in the process of making. And then it's actually, I, I believe it's nearly impossible to worry about things because if you're not thinking about the mosaic, you tend to make a mistake and then you have to backtrack. And it's really annoying if you have to backtrack. So that trains you to unconsciously, you're you're unaware of it and I'd be unaware of it. But looking back, you can see, oh, I was making a mosaic for an hour and a half there and I didn't think about any of my problems. I didn't think about my life. I didn't think about anything. I was just making it, you know? I don't want to go all hippie and say I was in the moment, you know? But (laughs) (laughs) you were in the moment. (laughs) And just there, like, man, when you're talking about making them, like, what does the, the process then involve, like, so, like, is it adhesive, tile and grout kind of or like what how does it work like um it depends on where it's going so if it's an indoor piece normally we're using a, just a simple pva glue onto some some kind of substrate usually a piece of mdf which is sealed uh, it's very important that it's sealed before you actually use it and then you stick the tiles with glue and then you you grout it after everything is dried. So the grout is a really interesting thing because it's it's a it's a huge uh, design factor because you can you can get a, a big range of grout colors. And if you put black grout into something, sometimes it can be incredibly bold and strong. And the same sometimes with white, or a lot of the time you'll use a neutral color of gray. Um, but you can you can go down the road of of making blue grout and yellow grout and everything. But so indoor is the simplest. We simply it's it's called the direct method, where you put the glue on the back of the tile or you put the glue on the board, and you stick the tile to the board. For outdoor, it's it's a bit more complex because you can't use PVA glue because if any water gets added, it will. Uh, the tiles will start to fall off. Right. So, like, what what would you use then as a replacement for? So, for that, we you can uh, use a mesh where you stick your design, you stick your tiles to uh, a, a like a fiber mesh, and you stick them with PVA. But then that mesh, you 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 take sections of mesh and you um, they get cemented to a piece of uh, a different kind of a board that is, is made for outdoor. So it's, it's actually made up of loads of uh, 
cement like materials i don't know exactly it's it's um it's a it's it's used for the the walls of showers that's where the i get it in the hardware shop it's called it's it's a it's a concrete based board but it comes like a like a sheet of plywood or whatever only it's made out of um it's made out of a, a composite of lots of mesh with layers and layers of dust cement so i i'm after making that way too technical so we'll just go on but so we use it we use a cement based adhesive like a tiler would use if 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 he was tiling the bathroom he would uh spread a cement adhesive on the wall and stick the tiles into the adhesive that's what we we would use and then there's there's a couple of other methods you can lay your 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 design down on a table and you can get like a a high tack contact paper so like a plastic uh, a, a layer of plastic that's really sticky on one side and you stick that to the top of the tiles and you can lift that whole thing into the cement adhesive then um so it, uh, <laughs> so it, as i said it gets very interesting and and there's a lot of layers to mosaic in general there's a whole you, you, you could write a book on simply what 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 are indoor methods? What are outdoor methods? And all the different techniques to that as well. <laughs> yeah, like, I I honestly hadn't a clue about the process, man. Because like, I I know you had like a a time lapse up on your Instagram page. There, I think you were were you making one of the sets, and I I think it, in the video, like you put out like a line of glue and you put the line of tiles down and you went down onto the next line and you were working away. Like, yeah. And that, it, it, and that's the, the basic indoor process. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks cool in the videos when the, when you speed them up as well and do little time lapses of making one. It's like, uh, I, I'd look at them all day with a bit of music behind them, just going line by line by line by line and, and revealing the, revealing the image. Yeah. <laughs> And like, do you know the way, man? You were saying the way, if you make a mistake, like you have to backtrack. Like, can that be a big problem? Like, or could that be a? Do you know, like, would it could it potentially? Um, there's ruin? always nearly a way of fixing it. If if the if the glue has set, sometimes we'll we'll go with a. I just go around with a rubber mallet and a, a chisel. And if anybody's ever attempting it, make sure and wear goggles because you're chipping up bits of tiles. Uh, you, you have to be careful. But yeah, so you can take it off the board. If you make a mistake on mesh, usually the tiles will just peel off the mesh um, if you just get behind them and press them out. So it's never a big thing, but we're always trying to, or, or it's always a balancing act for me, especially working with people who are doing it for the first time. I'm always trying to give them the freedom to explore it while guiding them. So if you were doing things right, um, or, or we won't use the word right, but if, if you were in the process of planning it and figuring out your design, a lot of the time, if you, if you spend the time at that and you, do, you can do a dry run where you don't stick the tiles down, where you just lay all the tiles out, not not a massive piece, but in a small area, I'd try out two or three different combinations of if if you if you lay the tiles in a in a straight line, you get one effect. 
And if you, if you stagger the, the gaps between them, you get another effect. Or if you use a mixture of squares and triangles, you get another effect. After a while, I, I, I just kind of know, you know, after, after a certain amount of time working with it, you know what's going to work and what's not. Yeah, yeah. No, I was watching sure because like sometimes, do you know, like I don't know, like sometimes you're painting, like, and something goes wrong, you kind of just stay at it and at it and at it. And even though obviously the paint's not going to dry overnight, you kind of say to yourself, well, that, that can't be fixed. And next thing the worry kicks in and it's like panic stations, do you know, like, but I was just wondering if, because the, like, the adhesive for the uh, tiles, that probably doesn't, how long would that stay active for, like, before, do you know, if the tiles would be stuck in place? Would, you ha- would it give you. I, we, you wouldn't want to be moving them within an, within an hour or even, I'd say, 20 minutes. If, if you want to move them, anything beyond 20 minutes you want to reapply adhesive so but it's not a big it's not a big thing like it would it's not a big thing to take a few tiles off and change it but i do i do have like the thing where you walk away especially when you're when i'd be working on a on a group project or a community project or with a school project sometimes it's there's a lot of give and take so you you you'll have i'll be trying to keep the students happy and keep the project coordinators happy. And every now and again, you'll have a school principal who's really interested and they'll come and they'll kind of make suggestions sometimes. And you're trying to incorporate everything. And then sometimes I'll, I go home and I'll be sitting there 10 o'clock at night going, Oh my God, are we after making a, a terrible mistake? You know, <laughs> um, but sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to backtrack, and sometimes it's it's hilarious. It's 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 pe- people management and managing my my own expectations. And sometimes I'm wrong, you know. So I'm always I'm always trying to be open to say, you know, because sometimes, especially with the the kids, if I if I don't tell them what to do and I just give them the right. If I give them the materials and I give them enough knowledge uh, so that they know what they're doing, sometimes I'm then in the way if I'm trying to direct what comes out. Because sometimes when I leave them alone, the stuff they come up with, in, in if I live till I'm 100, I would never come up with it. Do you know what I mean? It's It's some of the stuff that comes out sometimes from different individuals or from a group. Um, it's I'm you're trying to let it happen, you know, without controlling things. And I don't, I, I don't know what, what made me think of that, but yeah, I don't know what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, I didn't really choke there, but no, like even like doing uh, the few art workshops I would have done, like you can totally kind of see what they mean like when it comes to like say maybe you know don't tell a child no in an art workshop because like just straight away the creativity kind of stops like you know yes. whereas when you just let them work away like some of what they'll make is unreal like yeah they need they need boundaries as well this thing of of never saying yeah. no yeah. um yeah i try to be really really honest without not not mean i don't mean to be uh, like with with children, I try to let them take the lead and not influence them too much and be supportive, you know. But if if you're honest with with youngsters, they usually accept it. You know, if they 
if they say, what do you think of this? And I say, well, uh, I like this bit and I like this bit, but this bit, I think you could do better. Most of the time they, they appreciate it. You know, if I was, if I was afraid of, if, do, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. No, like I, I agree with that. Definitely. That's usually the way I try and approach it. It'd be like, I kind of maybe give advice rather than say, no, that's wrong or that's terrible. Like, you know, like you, you could try this or you could try that or maybe, do you know, there's, like you said, like just, you know, you could improve that or there's a bit more work could be done rather than just point blank, no, that's wrong or it's bad or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, just don't, yeah. just to not well, you knock never, them, like, you know, either. I try never knock people. Like, I always, I always view it that when I, when I'm doing something creatively, I, I always feel a bit vulnerable. So if, if I'm like today, I was making a little design and it was a type of design that I haven't made before. So the first, I'll, I'll have a go at it today and I'll probably come back in the morning and go, oh God, that's crap, you know? And then and then I'll do it again tomorrow and then I'll, I'll go back again Monday and I'll look at it again and then I'll be starting to get somewhere. But if somebody was to come in today when I was attempting this thing for the very first time and be anyway critical, I... I it would be uh, okay. Well, I've I've a thicker skin now. I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm long a bit long in the tooth to be too sensitive. But I I think when you're when you're being creative and and sometimes I'm working with people and you probably are as well working with people who who've never been told that they can be creative and it, like when you're being creative for the first time, you you it can be a vulnerable thing. So I'm always. Especially with with groups of teenagers, I'm always trying to get it into their heads that, like, passing comment and uh, joking around too much or or judging anybody, it can be really, uh, it can be really hurtful or not hurtful. Um, it can put people off actually expressing themselves fully. So, yeah, I take that part fairly seriously. I try and make sure that. You have like a really open, non-judgmental environment when people are trying it for the first time. Oh my God, to be a teenager again, it'd be so difficult. Yeah, I wouldn't be able for it. Man. Like we're actually just chatting about one day in work and we're even just saying, you know, given the way things are and like the pressure of, you know, trying to sort out whatever the hell is going on with the leaving cert at the minute or applying to go to college in the current climate would be, I, like, I wouldn't be able for it. And you know yourself in Ableeks, like, how much I worried and stuff like about college. It was just like, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to manage it now. Like, but I was just, what I was going to say though was like, you know, if you're that young and you're in college again, I think you can't help but be a little bit precious about the work as well. It, it, you know, it, it does mean a lot to you. You mean when, when, when you first start, what, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, you know, like say when you first start college and maybe you complete your first kind of painting at that level, like, and it's kind of, it means a lot to you, like, and it can be, you know, like, if you do take a little bit of criticism, it can knock you, knock the confidence a little bit out of you, like, and you're kind of, you know, the work, I, I kind of feel like now, not that I wouldn't take criticism on board, I would, but just back then, you'd dwell on it, or I found I did, like, maybe dwell on it, like, and it kind of... Yeah, well, you're putting yourself out there, like, you're being you're being open and if 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 the reaction is negative if people are are 
are reacting. Yeah, I do. your first few pieces of work, even if they're crap, they're really special to you. Or I, I remember the first few things I did, and I could look back now and go, technically, that that's not good, um, or whatever. But the feeling I get, I got when I was starting out, and the feeling you still get whenever you're you're engaged with something creative, and you're you're just exploring it. It's it's you know you're kind of going into the unknown. Like when when I first started doing things. Like, and I think that's that's more so what it's about, rather than having a, this beautiful thing hanging on the wall, or or maybe you're not looking for it to be beautiful. Maybe you're looking for it to be something else. But when when it's when the project is done, or when the the piece is made, like I'm looking to move on to the next one because the value of of the whole thing for me is in the doing. Is in it, it, you know the best part of making something is is when you're in the middle of making it. Definitely, I agree with that hundred percent. Like because even with the paintings, I don't want to say there's a degree of separation there, but like when it's finished, it's finished, and you're leaving it over to one side, and it's kind of set up maybe hopefully to go into an exhibition somewhere. And if it sells, then well, like you know, it's it's not really your painting, I suppose, anymore. But you know, it it, it is that as the paintings evolve, and that's when. I find, like myself as well, I get the most crack out of a piece rather than just having a finished piece on the wall. Like, it's nice to see that and that you can go on to the next thing, but it's not, Yeah, you know, you, you've no say in it anymore, really, at that point. Yeah, it's done, no, that makes sense. I think. But, uh, uh, but actually, just on the subject of exhibiting, would you ever see yourself getting back into exhibiting work again, man, or... Are you kind of focused on? No, it's always a dream, and and it wouldn't be exhibiting so that I could uh, put it on my CV. I'm doing the I'm doing the the, the inverted commas sign here. If you're, <laughs> I I if if it's always I like when when I was in college, I was young and I was stupid and I didn't have any discipline, so. As far as I viewed the whole thing, it was an an amazing experience and I learned so much stuff and I was exposed to so much stuff, but it was all unfulfilled potential. And then I finished college and I didn't know what I was doing with life and I still didn't really have the discipline like required to follow through with things properly. And I, I, w- I was part of a good like few exhibitions and group exhibitions. And we even had that exhibition, the two of us that time ago. And, you know, but I've, I kind of put all that stuff on hold because for me, I, I'm not that, that type of artist who's going to produce work and sell it in a gallery and then start another collect. It's, it's just not my personality. So I put all that on hold to build a business and make a career for myself, which I'm I'm very comfortable with, you know. Uh, if 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 I'm a te- if I'm a, a facilitator rather than a, a an out and out artist, that that suits me fine. But there's always a a, a little dream there. There's still a, a a lot of unfinished business for me in terms of my own creativity. I've spent a good few years now helping other people to be creative and that has helped me 
But um, I would love to, and and I, it, this is coming a good time because in the last uh, the last couple of months, I I have actually got back to doing some of my own work. So I don't feel I I feel okay in talking about you know well maybe I'll have an exhibition in the future. Whereas if it was two years ago, I I it wouldn't be genuine because it'd be just me. Yeah, but anyway. I'd I'd love to exhibit, but I don't know what I'd exhibit. It'd be really cool to to take the time to make a collection of mosaics, but like I still love doing a bit of drawing and a bit of illustrating, and like I I I did study sculpture, so the more the more little explorations of my creativity I I do, the more I I end up in experimenting with all sorts of things, you know. So I. I'm hoping to over time eke out more and more hours for me to to explore things and then when I have something I'd be happy to exhibit it but it would be a thing of it would be for for pleasure rather than for to be a practicing artist who sells their work if it would be a bonus if you could sell some work but it wouldn't be for the conventional uh, trying to exhibit to sell work and make a living as an artist. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Like I do, I do enjoy exhibiting in galleries and that. And I think it's probably nearly just even just to get out and chat with other artists, like in that as well. It can be a nice kind of part of that as well. Yeah. Um, do you know? And it's it's nice too to see the work outside the studio. Do you know? And see it up on a wall, like in a different setting, a kind of. I don't know. I think when you see it out, out in the world, basically, I suppose, and see it properly spaced out and spread out on a wall, it kind of it's like, oh, this doesn't look as bad, like, or do you know, not that it doesn't look as bad, because obviously, if it looks like that, you're not going to put it out in the first place, like. But do you know, it's well, like, you're oh. very hard on yourself, so you know, your stuff always looks good. But go on. No, I think all artists are hard on themselves, aren't they? Like, yeah. you kind of have to be because, like, do you know, like I remember, um, uh, I think. It was uh, one of my fr- it was Stephen Morris, I think, one of my friends from NCAD, and I think he was chatting to one of the tutors, and it had a, a comment in the comment book in a gallery, and it was a really horrible comment. She laughed, and she took a picture of it on her phone, and she went on to show it to some of the students, just to let them know, like, this is what you're facing now into, like, you know. So, I mean, if the work's not up to scratch, like, you know, you don't want to be getting that either. Like. Yeah, that's true. And like putting stuff out in public like it's all grand well and good being in a studio and you have notions or you you think you're doing something but when you have to go out into the world that um that's a great motivating thing like the fear of being judged can sometimes provide brilliant motivation to get some work done as well you know or to to push yourself to develop something further yeah, definitely. Like, because you're going to want to kind of, I suppose, you know, if you did take criticism, you want to kind of, I suppose, just even prove to yourself, like, that you can do it, like, that you can, you know, push the work on a bit further. But it's a personal pride as well. You, if you, if you put out something that you're proud of, um, it's, you know, you're, you're, 
you're boosting your self-esteem or you're you, you know you're serving your your function in life or something i think it's uh i enjoy the challenge of like being being open for judgment you know putting stuff up and and doing a really professional job and finishing uh projects and then putting them up in public and going there you go you know if if people don't like it 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 wouldn't bother me if i if i'm if i think i've i've uh made as as much honest effort as as i can and and i've done done the research and i've i've put in the effort and yeah yeah like i think they're just even going back to what you're saying about like that we're a bit older now like and say you know when we were in college like and kind of you just develop a bit of a thicker skin like it's kind of part of it isn't it like once you're putting the work out in the public domain you are kind of free game to criticism like so it, it just kind of is something that's going to go along with it whether it's good criticism or bad criticism yeah you know um i yeah uh yeah, I the the stuff I'd be putting out, it's kind of safe. Like I I I don't receive uh, very much. I I'm not aware of much criticism at all. But maybe maybe if I was putting out my own work, uh, it might not be so safe. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing there's nothing controversial about any designs we would make as part of community projects. You know, whereas thinking back to um some exhibitions that I was in around college or should it was some of the ones that I some of the stuff I made while I was in college was mental and I look back at it and I'm going, oh my God, how did I put that <laughs> off on the wall? I'd be, I'd be embarrassed that the the like sure I made some bold statements. You know, I'd be like <laughs> if, Yeah. But like I, I, I don't know. Just I think since I like stop the podcast and kind of thinking about like getting yourself and a few of the boys on and that like as well at different stages like i was thinking about year end of your show like because you deferred second year wasn't it so you were you were in yeah. your shows the year after hours like yeah. but like some of the lads in your group man like you were making like challenging enough work like you know and it was kind of it's very not very in your face but like it was like you know when you saw it you were like jesus like you know it took you a bit it knocked you back a bit like and kind of caught you off guard a little bit some of it yeah, but like the work you make is is challenging as well. I don't know, man. At the minute, I don't. I don't know. I'm enjoying it, like, but I don't know if it's that challenging or not. But just back then, though, like, I mean, do you know, like when you know when you go into a room and there's a groupie all exhibiting in in like a huge hall, and it was like, it was a, that was a wild group. It was a wild <laughs> group. <yeah. laughs> <laughs> yeah no and, and, and in though. a good way I, I i really enjoyed it i i wouldn't be able to do it again it was uh it was uh it was a while it was a wild out you know but i think it's the same for for everybody college is a roller coaster i think it it was it's the same for for you guys when you were in the paint department i i think as well is it yeah i think so i i, I don't know i've talked about it a few times and i can't figure out whether like I remember being in second year and some of the fourth years at the time calling into the studio and asking us how we're getting on and having a gander at our work like and we were saying like oh yeah no I love it like you know how are you getting on yourselves and they were kind of saying kind of looking forward to it ending like you know and 
I kind of all through second and third year I kind of thought no like that won't be us we're grand like and then fourth year kicked in and it's just the pressure I think you put on yourself you're so worn out between trying to get the paintings done and the worry about the end of your show that you are kind of like actually I, I am kind of looking forward to this the end of this like but I don't know like four years is such a commitment like because they're um, uh, last week I think it was when I was chatting to Paddy Critchley like he asked me how I found NCID like and I like hand on heart no I love GMIT as well obviously but like I loved NCID and I loved the Masters and I'd go back and do it in the morning if I could but like the difference was that was only two years you know like I mean four years in Galway was you know four years and nice length of time there to be tipping away at that like you know yeah it's it was it's intense enough as well and then I think at the time with that course we weren't guaranteed fortune either sure we were I think we we all had to do interviews in third year to get into our final year I think there was more competition I think we my um my group was maybe smaller than yours so we that wasn't a big pressure for us I don't right. think so anyway I think it was yeah, the, no, I, it was easy enough yeah in third year I remember it, it did get like very real as well that some of the crew weren't going to be getting in because like uh, I remember Deirdre Mahoney set up uh, it was sort of a kind of a like business module I think kind of on maybe a Thursday Wednesday or Thursday morning and uh, she just sat us down one day and told her and said like look you're not all going to be getting back in next year like and you could see like she wasn't happy about it but like she just says up that or that was the aim of it was to just give us a bit of a helping hand if if we didn't get in like where to find exhibition opportunities like and residency opportunities and how to go about applying for them and run us through all that like which was it was brilliant like even for when we did get into Fortier because like you know that was something that I up to that point didn't really know anything about much you know especially you know like I mean do you remember like when you first try and write your artist statement? Like it's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> I'm still trying, man. <laughs> I give up. I give up. <laughs> well, I mean, the artist statement though is one of the roughest parts of art college, I thought. Yeah. Um like we were young lads, like what did we have to say like about anything? Like Yeah. I I don't know. And I, I was yeah. Sure, I I, I don't think they 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 had the same competition for mine because I would have been the first one that they threw out and didn't let into fourth year if, <laughs> if there was competition for spaces because <laughs> my attendance was pretty abysmal and <laughs> artist statements. I think I came up with my artist statement for my end of year show the morning of the end of year show, you know, or the morning <laughs> of the assessment, you know. But, so that was, that was, my college experience was I was always worried, but I never um I never did enough work on time. And I always came up with like I always get really engaged at the last minute, you know, but that's 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 the nature of being young or, or I d I don't know, I don't I don't think about it too much anymore, but uh yeah, you were you were or I remember you were you took it much more seriously than than me. So I think when you when you're more invested, there's more on the line. You know, like I I wasn't I wasn't giving it my all, so maybe I could be a bit more flippant about it. But if if I was back now or or if I ever went back to do a masters, like 
I'd be I'd be worrying about loads of things because I'd be really invested. So I'd say that, and and I think your department was more was more focused on that kind of thing. Like the artist statement was really important to some some tutors. You know what I mean? They held a lot of or they put a lot yeah. of importance in it. So, like, w- I I think I was saying. I think I mentioned in Paddy's episode as well, just, you know, in terms of how the statement was handled in both colleges as well. Like in GMIT, I remember it was, I think in third year, uh, we were kind of given the project of writing the artist statement and kind of, obviously the statement was going to change like as we were going along, but the work was kind of, we're kind of working from the statement. Whereas in NCAD, we made the work and we explored and played around to find where we wanted to push the work and the statement just gradually came from the work so it meant that you were a lot freer or I don't know I felt a lot freer in what I was able to do in NCAD and what I did in GMIT because I kind of felt but if I know what the statement what my statement is like then I kind of have an idea of where the work is meant to be going anyway so do you know yeah and if you use it like that it's 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 a part of the it's like a mission it's a like a personal mission statement as opposed to it's it's to give you direction at times rather than explain your work to your audience or or it it it, it doubles up as both is that what you're saying kind of like it's just the way the statement came about in NCAD felt a lot more organic like it was just cuz like like uh, Christina Huxley was my supervisor and I said to her one day like I just have a few bits typed up on a sheet like just to try and get my thoughts in order about what I'm trying to do in the work or what me, the paintings are trying to say like you know and I kind of said like would I, I read through and I was like would it actually be alright as a statement like and she said it would like just I'd need to tidy it up and it just felt like it was kind of not easy but it was it, it, that's the statement just taken straight from the work rather than vice versa, you know, rather than try to paint to match the statement. Like, you know, it was a, like, I yeah, and that's like, are you not going wrong if you're making the work to match the statement? I think that sounds like back to front. Yeah. Like, cause it's like, you've already kind of backed yourself into a corner and you're trying to hit something rather than just work, just make the work and see what comes over. And once you find where you're happy, with it like just kind of then you can kind of start putting things down on paper and you know i don't know the statement like is just i don't know like it's just who, a kind who's, of, the, who's, of the, who's an artist statement for is it for for you or for your audience or well i suppose before the masters i would have thought it was probably more for the galleries and the audience like but after ncad i was kind of like it is more it is as much for the art for yourself as anything like that is one of the reasons i do love the statement now because it's kind of like right i can actually get my thoughts down on paper, get it in order. And if someone asks me what my work is about, I can actually chat about it, like, you know, rather than kind of, you know, in GMIT, it was much more, what's your work about? I know, but I don't want to say it because it sounds very pretentious, like, you know. <laughs> oh, God forbid we sound pretentious. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, probably safe enough. But... <laughs> um, it, it, my, my take on artist statement is... is I probably mellowed a little bit, but as far as I was concerned for a good few years there, it was, I don't care for an artist statement to be associated with what I'm doing or, or it was more so, 
But sure, it's an art about challenging the status quo. And the status quo in college was everybody has to have an artist statement. You have to, you're not a proper artist if you don't have an artist statement. And I'd be like, fuck that. You know, if, if, if you're making a piece of art and somebody goes in and, it, you know, a lot of it is about people's perception of whatever, the elements of the piece of art, how, how the colors affect them, how the, the narrative, how the, the, whatever, if it's abstract, how, you know, how it makes them feel. So I always felt like, so I'm going to tell them what they're supposed to feel in words, and then they're going to look at whatever I've made. And I always, I always was taught the artist statement was like an, an exercise in, what, what am I looking for? Um, like paperwork. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was yeah, done for the sake of uh, if if an examiner has to get an idea of what the student's talking about. I don't. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> that's why the statement helped me because I didn't know how to, what I was on about. So I was like, right, get down on paper, and now I can just say, paint leprechauns. It's great. Yeah, but like, it sounds like a thing. And I was reading a book the other day uh, about um, effective habits. And one of the things was a, a personal mission statement as a guiding thing, you know, or if you're setting goals for yourself or or you want to achieve something in life, the, the important thing is that you figure out what, you, what you're after, you know, rather, rather figure some of it as you go along. But if you have a, if you have something you're aiming towards, you're a lot more effective. So it sounds like you use the artist statement to uh, to great effect in the process of making your work. Uh, I suppose well, like, it was more for myself at that stage, but I will admit like when it comes, even still like when it comes to the statement, I would rather someone go into one of my exhibitions, look at the work, completely miss the point of it, like and just take away their own meaning from it rather than, you know, maybe going around with the statement and reading that more than they're looking at the work, like, you know, just glancing at the work, but having their face buried in a piece of paper the whole time. And it's kind of like one of the things with the titles too. I sometimes feel like, do people kind of read the titles more to kind of get, oh, that's what it's supposed to be, what the meaning is like, you know, because we used to have huge, not arguments, but just, we used to talk loads in the house in Tara Grove, like about like titles and all that. And I think one of the things that kind of drove us all, a bit mad was like, you know, when you see a piece of work and it's untitled and it's like, you just give it something like, just cause I don't know, there's just something about that. They used to annoy is like, yeah, I kind of agree with leave it on untitled though. I like, I like when they're untitled. Yeah. <laughs> I just, mind too much. the only thing that I did and that did really annoy me about an untitled work was when it was untitled. And then in brackets, there was a title. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Make up your mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, that's kind of, getting into all the sort of stuff that used to wind us up a bit in college, I suppose. Yeah. Like, but it's it's interesting to to look back on it. I don't know how interesting it is to, to listen to it, but like a, a lot of the artist statement or the title sometimes is there's, there's loads of people who haven't had the experience we've had of going to art college and looking at like art and, you, you know, doing all the critical theory and all that stuff and analyzing it. Lots of people like to go to a gallery or or even if somebody's listening to this, what what's what's boring to us or what was these these things, you know. 
it's it's interesting for other people i think and sometimes like i'm always trying to make uh anything i'm teaching accessible for as many people as possible you know so if artist statements or titles help some people you know because there's lots of people who don't uh have experience of looking at art critically but their 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 experience of it is just as valuable but yeah you know definitely. but the the gallery thing as well but there's a lot of rubbish in the world of displaying art but once you get enough human beings together uh organizing something there's always rubbish look at look at politics do you know what i mean so it's in human yeah. nature to have <laughs> just disagreements and paperwork and all that kind of stuff you know Sure, it's a bit of crap yeah. to talk about it as well. That's it, yeah. It usually will lead to some sort of a discussion. Like. Yeah, well, at least with art, um, for me, uh, like, because when I was in college, I'd do loads of talking about it and trying to be intellectual, but it was all bullshit. You know, like, I didn't, half the time I didn't understand what I was talking about and... I just knew if I use certain words, it might sound like I know what I'm talking about. But anybody who is really real would have seen right through that, you know. But sure, that's okay as well. Everybody, everybody has a right to <laughs> to go through a phase of disingenuousness uh, <laughs> or whatever. But I was going to make a point there. What was I? I can't remember what the point was. Um, oh yes uh, like when you get back down to it and you're actually making something you know if you're making things regularly you, you're you're reminded of you know that's what it's about it's not about making or for some people some people it's really enjoyable to talk about it afterwards and they, then good for them you know let, the, let them enjoy that but for me it's about making the thing there's nothing elitist about it, especially when you're working with children. Like you see, I see creativity in children. Like I've one of my nephews. He's he's just a young fella. He's he's nine or ten, and he's just a natural creative. You know, I I I could be. He was showing me little things he makes on Microsoft Paint. You know, and <laughs> the way he uses it, I just love watching him. You know, he'll take the circle tool and he'll pull it and he'll make an oval shape and he'll stick two little circles on that. And before you know it, he's made a, some kind of an animal or some kind of a, a monster or something like this. And I'm just going, there, that's it. A 10-year-old can, can be as creative or as good of an artist as a 90-year-old, you know, yeah. in, in my opinion. So, yeah. Yeah, like no, just um, I wanted to. I you said something there, man, earlier on as well about uh, just when we were chatting about the college and that, and we we're just saying like about how you said that our department up in paint seemed a lot more focused. Paint sculpture seemed rock hard. Like, do you know when you look in from the outside, you see all the disciplines. Like, like did you ever find that uh, define rock hard? Like, like it was just it seems so difficult to like pinpoint. I don't even know if you could say pinpoint a medium to work in, like, but you know the sculpture was extremely broad. Like, it just seemed like yeah. such a difficult, difficult discipline. Uh, I know myself; I wouldn't have survived in it. Like, did you struggle like with it, or had you like? I don't know. Like, just 
yourself and all the boys I was best friends with in GMIT, you were all in sculpture. So I used to see, and you were all working in something different, like, you know, and it's just, how do you, like, pinpoint one area you want to focus on when there's so much to kind of try out, like? Yeah, well, it was is a blessing and a curse. Um, I loved the fact that I was unconstrained and... Um, and that was one of the things that attracted me to it because I, and that's my natural way of working is I don't care if I have an idea and I'm drawing it and then it turns into something that I'm making out of pieces of plastic or whatever, you know, like I, I was, I was making uh, words at one stage and I had this concept going on and I, I ended up making one word out of concrete, one out of resin. Um, I think two of them were made out of resin and one of them was covered in candle wax. And there were giant words. And then I got a load of lights, disco lights, and lit them up. So, like, where else could you do that? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But that would be how, like, I'd work anyway. I'd go crazy if I thought I had to express all my, my... ideas with a canvas and paint you know not to be i i'll never be a painter you know and i can see paint suits but i i think paint suits you and and you experiment with some other stuff as well but um that would never suit me but on the flip side to that i've already said i was really indisciplined and really immature in college so like the fact that i didn't have anything to focus on um and I'm not going to, I, I, I take responsibility for my own experience in college rather than saying that the sculpture department should have been more structured. That's not what I'm trying to say. But um, I used to look at the ceramic department and the fact that they had um, limits in certain sense to what they could do. They could focus much more on getting really good at ceramics because they weren't concerned with too many things i'm making something out of timber and i'm making something out of resin and i'm making something out of concrete i'm kind of good at all those things but i'm not really good at any of them so so that's that's why i i i tend to focus on mosaic i made a decision five years ago that i was going to try to become an expert in mosaic rather than being knowledgeable about 10 different disciplines yeah (laughs) <laughs> and just, when you mentioned those words, man, the ones that were made out of resin and that, were they in the exhibition in Rosa Park, in Rosa Park's gallery? Yeah. Yeah, I remember them. They were really cool. I had a massive, that big, huge sign as well. That was great. God, like, that just was mental. That was <laughs> 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 But like it's just funny, man, because I was in the upstairs section and you look out the window and there's just this massive sign right in front of your face. <laughs> Please keep off the grass and it was it was it was in a in a, in a pebble yard. <laughs> but that was the idea of it. But I like I liked all that stuff that I was doing, but looking back or or after a short period later. I was just filled with regret because I never explored things to a conclusion. So I got an idea and I followed it, but then I went off and I, I dust for a month 
And then I came back and I needed to rush for an assessment and I finished the idea. But I never really, I just scratched the surface on, an, an, on a load of different things. And it was really interesting and it was fun. But um, in the end, they all represented the same. T- t- to me, they were like, oh, yeah, there's, there's, you made half an effort, you know. But I'm, there you go again. Like, I'm really hard on myself. You, lots of people thought some of that work that I was doing then was, was really fun. You know, so I should I should try to look at it like that. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I thought it was great, man. Because like, I remember the the uh, the front room of that gallery as well. You had, I think, was it two screens or three screens? And I think you had um, you had sort of like a, actually, I think maybe it was just a filter you had on it. Like one was there were three different colors. I think they reflected the words that were outside. And it was you kind of arguing with yourself yeah. about something. Like, you, know, you had this mad conversation. Like. Yeah, the whole thing was linked up. Uh, and the colours were the colours of traffic lights. And That's right. Yeah. There, was a, there was a big concept behind it. It was interesting. And then, I, I, yeah, so I had my, my, myself. I, I went down a crazy rabbit hole of video editing. And, yeah. I had I had three three talking heads. They were all of myself, and the three they were having a, a dialogue and an argument with themselves, but they were all me. So it was a fair reflection of my state of mind at the time, which was <laughs> borderline <laughs> borderline insane. <laughs> yeah, man. I, mean, I just think like that's almost ten years ago. Like, uh, is it not more? No, I think it was. Was it like no? That stuff's longer. That's that stuff was like third year, I think. Were we still in college when we did that? We were still oh, in college, yeah, actually. Yeah, that was. I forgot that. It's ten years now since since I finished college. Yeah, I was. Yeah, no, you're right because I actually remember sitting down because I think we applied for that exhibition because we were both playing for uh, the same residency that was. In, I think it was a residency in Bor at the time and we had to have an exhibition lined up and I remember we got to work into the Rosa Parks gallery. I actually I forgot that. I don't remember though. applying for a residency. I think was it was there another I think there was another reason I was doing it. But maybe. It was brilliant to show work and it, it's kinda cool that we're still here ten years later uh having a chat about uh, an exhibition we put on together, you know, but um yeah. Here you go. That's mad. That's that long ago. So, um, um, the podcast is what's you have a few episodes done. Yeah, this is episode. Don't say it in case something happens and and it arrives at a different time. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like my laptop telling me now to update, and it decides, hey, I'm going to update now. Whether you want me to or not, this, every- this is episode. Five, but actually, scratch that. It it comes out a year later, and it's episode twenty two. <laughs> and we've re-recorded it three or four times because the laptop <laughs> shut down and has died. <laughs> no, all going well. It'll be episode five or six. I think he's six, man. So yeah, it'll be going out in uh, the Wednesday after next. I think. Don't say it. Don't say it, Papa. Okay. You'll, 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 you'll regret it. You'll have to have it. <laughs> um, so, 
uh, I think it's great what you're doing, and and we we didn't actually get around to talking about the the fact that we're we're in the Midlands, um, which I was thinking about because I I think you're going to branch out and 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 have more people on, but the Midlands. Uh, uh, just in 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 terms of the last few years for me, there's a lot of great people in the Midlands, and and I've got I've got a huge amount of support from different organisations and different people around, um, you know, because the Midlands gets a gets a bit of flack every now and again. So just to fight our corner a little bit, you know, I, I'm I'm delighted and and proud to be uh, an artist based in the Midlands and and representing the Midlands, you know. But um, um, people don't people don't know like I'm living in Burr and this is a this is a brilliant town for for art and culture, um, and they're building the art center in Tullamore, which is going to be a great thing for for the area as well. A brand new art center. Um, I think they've I think they've started building it, but obviously COVID's gonna delay everything. But um, yeah, it's great. I I I find it great to be working out in Midlands and uh, yeah, just to get a bit yeah. of speak in there. That's a general like like because even um, I think it's a couple of years ago now since I actually got down to the Bar Arts Festival like on opening night, but like the first night that went down, it was absolutely savage crack. Like just because. At the that year that I was on, everyone was dressed up in kind of a sort of Victorian era, yeah, yeah. and it was so cool. So and Borlake is a town; it's a really pretty town as well. Like you know, so it was just everything was classic. And even as well as that, like just for the festival, like there was a, I think there was maybe eight or nine of us. Do you know where the vaults are? Yeah, for the, the vaults, Arts, yeah. Yeah, we were down there, like, and it was just nice, just not to be, you know, in a big white cube space, just something different again, it's like you know. So yeah. it's just a really cool event, like you know. And even here in Leash, like kind of, we're lucky enough that we have like the Donnemass Art Centre, and you have the Art House out in Strad Valley as well, and there's other venues too, just like Mount Melick Library and that as well, like so. Yeah, and I've done loads know. of work with the Donnemass, and they they're they're great over there. Um, yeah, like. I was just saying, like to to Kieran Highland there last night, like when we were recording his episode there, like like it's about five years since I had the solo show on there, like and just I had nothing to do, only drop the work off and pick it up at the end, like it was the most easy going, relaxed exhibition I've ever had. It's satisfying, like, yeah, yeah. Like the staff just took care of absolutely everything, like Nick installed and Michelle and like the rest of the staff, they all just took care of the opening, and it was just lovely, like you know. So anytime, well. Pre-COVID, anytime I was in Port Leash, like I'd always try and get in just to see what was what was up in the gallery, like what was happening in it. Yeah, yeah, because they'd have some nice shows. Um, yeah. So yeah. So my website is www.makemosaic.ie. If uh, if anyone's listening, they want to check out uh, everything that we've done. Most things that we've done are up there, and uh, all the different things and. Looking forward to uh, another busy year this year. Yeah, hopefully. I have no more questions because that was going to be my last question. Like, where can people find you online? Yeah, but, but sure, that, that's cool. <laughs> We've covered it. it, was, it, it I'm, I was delighted you asked me to do it and I really enjoyed chatting to you. 
Oh yeah, no, definitely. Thanks a million for agreeing to do it, man. And like, I'm going to get like some of the bites from that were in college with in Galway on it. No, no, don't get any of them, lads. um, No, (laughs) (laughs) just (laughs) just just get four four different artists from the Midlands and interview them alternately, and and just put out. Put out the same podcast over and over again. Don't. Are you on for re-recording this exact no, episode? No, no, no. Weeks don't, even, don't include me. This is, so look at it. I'll, I'll, I'll be an avid follower on on Spotify. I'll be listening. Solomon. Yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully it'll stay going. I don't know. I see what the crack is like. It's just. Yeah, it'll be a good record, even if it's not a permanent thing. It'll be a good record. It'll be there forever, and people will be able to li- listen back in ten or fifteen years' time, and in in like fifty years' time when you're a massive famous artist, uh, people will be able to <laughs> listen back to you rambling when you were uh, in your thirties. You know, <laughs> yeah. Imagine rambling and be doing it fifty years. <laughs> well, everyone. So that was Aidan Byrne. I just want to say a massive thanks to Aidan for taking the time to chat with me on the podcast today about his work. Uh, if you want to check out Aiden's stuff on Instagram, you can find it at Make Mosaic. And the website then is makemosaic.ie. So you can find out more information there about workshops and what Aiden's up to. You can also purchase those kits that we mentioned as well through there to work on a home. So give Aiden a like and a follow and show me a support. And yeah, thanks again to Aiden for the chat. If you want to follow the podcast then, uh, you can find it on Twitter and Facebook at Bit of Gallery. And if you'd like to leave a review and maybe a follow or whatever way it works on whatever platform you're listening to it on, that'd be class as well. Uh, so thanks for listening and I'll be back next week uh, on Wednesday again. Mm-hmm.